they have to give us like it is five letters, like a five letter login, usually generally starts with the letters EX and then some sort of variation of your first initial and some other letters. So mine is EXRWS. My sister's, when she has to log in, she has to write EXJEW. <laughs> and then one of the processors, their initials or their thing is FAP. F-A-P. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Welcome to Brose. Tons of chocolate can- candies searching for a mouth. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and Rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it is Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And unfortunately, we are still uh, down one bro this week, but uh, but uh, say uh, say hello real quick, Tim. Okay, good. Um, we're good. Uh, Tim Tim uh, will, will hopefully be rejoining us for our next episode where we will be celebrating our 100th episode uh, as is tradition on the 103rd episode of the show. Um, we wish him well. Hope he's feeling better. Uh, no no statements from his representation, though. Um, I, you, know, yeah. you know what it is. He just what wasn't listening to us, and he thought the 100th episode was next week. It's possible he just forgot. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned it several times in the lead up to the 100th episode. That is going to be our 100th yeah. episode. The other mm-hmm. thing is, I think that the reason Tim is, is like, it's very possible that Tim does have things that he wants to say uh, as far as, uh, you know, assuaging the fears of, of the fans. Like, hey, listen, you know, people are concerned about Tim's well-being and his health. How's the thing, how are things going? Um, and I'm sure there are things that he wants to say, but. Wait, wait, the the first time that Sean was absent it set such a disastrous precedent for public relations uh, in 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 reacting in real time to illness that I think Tim's just scared off by that and he doesn't want to run that risk anymore mm-hmm. of of the PR firm coming out and saying some really humiliating things about his situation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. in retrospect I should have vetted my PR team a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? You know, uh, sometimes you get sick and then they talk about all your penises. But <laughs> All of them. Look, all of them. You, look, Sean, you made a good statement at the end of all that about the, the poor representation. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I, you prob- I had to do damage control. You, you did. Probably didn't have to curse them out at the end of it, but it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> Tough to do damage control for your public relations department. <laughs> it seems seems uh, seems like something that your public relations department should be doing. But yeah, listen, but... sometimes that happens. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. We wish him uh, all the best. Uh, but we're, we're, we're going to traipse on once more with the three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... and you guys doing okay? I mean, listen, we're all we're all shouldering a little bit more of the lo- load without Tim's country strength to uh to carry us on. Uh, are you guys hanging in there? Doing okay? I think I got this. I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty good. Hmm? Yes, think so. Band we together. Can do it. I don't know Stri- how. I don't know how. It would make sense that the episodes would be one third less or a cool, like twenty five percent less. T- I was long, thinking the same thing, but they're not. It's it is currently oh, it's eleven o'clock. We started yeah. at the same exact fucking time. <laughs> it was one less person, and we still managed to stretch it out until now. I think th- this means that the three of us owe Tim an immense apology because <laughs> it's it's clear just based on the comparisons between episodes where Tim's on and episodes that we're on that we're just three gas bags uh, that that just unload every time, and Tim's just like t- Tim chips in. Uh, obviously we are drowning him out. Well, Maybe that's what it is. Tim well, stepped away because he's like, "Fuck these guys! They talk so much." Why do you? Why do you think near the end of the third episode, a lot of his responses says, "I don't care." It's because he's just tired of hearing us. Well, I thought it was because it was four in the morning when we were finishing those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we started at like six in the six in the evening, and we finished up by like the next day. <laughs> Uh, yikes. Oh, Welcome to the Brose Podcast, everyone. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, we are on our third episode of Session 34, and if you listen to any of our shows before, you would know that the premise 
of the show is that we answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. Um, we do it while enjoying some delicious rosé wine. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, you want to email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Um, but before we get to those questions, let's talk about our wines. Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to discuss the wine that they're drinking? Why don't you go first, Matt? I would love to. Uh, I'm drinking a winemaker's blend. I, gra- I grabbed the bottle to look at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I mixed two wines together for this. Uh, so uh, I'm drinking a mix of Villa Wolf and Artea Rosés. Um, it's doing the trick. It tastes it, – it, honestly – I've grown on the flavor and see this is the, the normal theme where it's like the third glass and it's like, hey, this isn't so bad. Um, but like I genuinely have grown on the flavor because the, the Pinot Noir is I do not remember. I, I, I disposed of the bottle. I don't remember what, what exactly what kind of rosé the Arteo was. Um, but I think it's a little bit sweeter than the Pinot Noir rosé of the Villa. So it's actually creating like I would think that it would just create like a mess of flavor at that point. But it's mm-hmm. actually creating like two like nice, you know. Com, you know, complimentary flavors because you got the sweetness and the the, the dryness. So I, I kind of like it. I won't do it again, uh, but I kind of <laughs> like it. Uh, so so there you go. Uh, what about you, Rich? What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Barossa. It is a uh, 2018 rosé, and I just it is super dry, and just frankly, I do not care for it one Ooh. bit. Um. I'm reading the tasting notes, and it is mostly about the color, and not really much about the the the, the actual taste of the wine. Typically, uh, it is, not what you want to see on a yeah. on a tasting note. Uh, like the 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 very the last sentence: bright red fruit aromas and delicate spice flavors fill the palate, making this the perfect wine as an aperitif or a light meal. Mm. Okay. That's that's all that says about the flavor. The other four sentences are about the color and where the wine is from. It's pink. <laughs> it is. I I had high hopes for it because the 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 actual like the the sticker and everything on the bottle is pretty cool. It's it's yeah. not good, and I uh, I've almost finished it just out of spite now because I just want it gone. <laughs> spite drinking. <laughs> Sean, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking Carlo Rossi Blush, and it is, I don't know, it's just like the most mediocre wine I've had all year. Mm. Just tastes kind of like juice, but not in a really good way. It's fine. I noticed as we've gone on, the, the bell curve is definitely uh, coming into form for us here, because I've noticed, like, as we've gone on, we have a lot more of these wines that are just like, they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. They're right in the middle. They're Okay. Which makes sense, um, but I, I think it's also like we're recognizing when something actually jumps out of the ordinary with this, yeah. this stuff. Like, I think it, it honestly, if you hear any of us say this is a good wine, or I think my wine from last time I said was the best one I had all year. There is like the base. We have a baseline now. We've I've drank yeah. I've had thirty what this is thirty four thirty four different bottles of wine. So right. like I think we have a good baseline. Like we don't know what we're talking about, but if no. we say something's good, it's like okay, this is something that you should try. Yeah, yeah. This is the it's like the 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 music virtuoso who doesn't know how to read music. Mm-hmm. Like it's like yeah, but if you play it long enough, even if you don't know like the theory and everything like that, you could like you eventually get a baseline of knowledge <laughs> yeah. just by even if you call them like the floaty black things that are on the page. Like <laughs> you, you don't know what notes are. You just you know you just know the same way with us with wine. You know, our, our our technical knowledge is still quite restricted, uh, but we've drank a lot of it. So, <laughs> so uh, with that being said, uh, Sean, you have our. I'm sorry, not you, Sean. You already did your questions. <laughs> so scared. Uh, thank God. Sean had, so Sean had a Sean, mi- you got the questions. Right? He had a mini uh, heart attack. He just said that. What I do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> shit. No, no, no. Not again. Uh, <laughs> Rich, you have the last round of questions. Yes, I do. Uh, and the first question uh, comes from uh, John Tersich, and it's a rather interesting question at that. Would you rather have a lot of shelving and no closets or no closets and a lot of shelving? I think closets, no shelving. Why? Aesthetically, is it? I'm a very like 
don't see it kind of thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to just have stuff strewn out of it, especially if it, I'm not going to have any shelves to store things. I, I, you know, aesthetically, I would like to have everything sort of away. So at, for a cleanliness and a more like Spartan look, I guess, put it all in closet. Put it all in closet. Put it all in the closet. I agree with you. I think it, it would. my house would be very cluttered if it was all sh- on shelves, if everything was on shelves. There's just like shit everywhere. And I'm not about all the stuff you put in closets. Like it's like, you know, dress clothes, uh, you know, suits, dresses, whatever, you know, all that, that stuff that you have to put on hangers that suddenly, you know, got to put that out in the open somehow on shelving, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and any big boxes, like it it just becomes a mess at a certain point. Yeah. What about you, Rich? Um, Well, I'm still reading the question because I've read it 17 times and it's asking the same thing both ways. Would you rather have a lot of shelving and no closets or no closets and a lot of shelving? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so either there was a typo or yeah. John's being a dick. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's, uh, John's actually I, uh, providing a take. I'm, I'm assuming it's, it is it is a typo um, and, and it's to be closets and shel- no closets and shelving or shelving and or, – or, Mm-hmm. It's eleven o'clock. <laughs> would you rather it be sunny and it, well, with no clouds, or would it rather be no clouds and it's sunny? <laughs> yeah, um, I would. I would much rather have closets than shelves. Like, put things away. Have it not like. I like not having things in view when possible, and I to agree. have have everything look clear and cleaned off. What do you think mm-hmm. the argument would be for shelving over closets? Well, if you if you are an organized person who can put stuff away on shelves, because like that doesn't I was thinking like there'd be clothes and shit everywhere, but you could still have like dressers in this. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I don't know. I think if you're a really organized person, having a ton of shelf space would be good because you could make a bunch of like design. Yeah, you, like you make a like, bunch of aesthetic choices to have all of your things laid out in a way that's visually appealing, but I don't have that part of my brain developed enough. So just throw it in the closet and get yeah, it out like, of the way. Like I have this giant bookshelf in my living room and I really only have like two or three shelves actually set up to like display things. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I just throw stuff on there because I don't have really anywhere else to put it. Like I'd rather have like the the closet space to put my board games. I like the shelf space to to display things, but I don't need as much shelf space and would rather be able to just put the board games somewhere where they're not seen unless needed to. And I can pull them out. Hmm. And and the thing is like, even if you have a a perfect aesthetic eye for that and you've got an exact arrangement that you want on your shelves and it looks, it's very visually appealing. Eventually you're going to acquire like, one more of what you need for a certain shelf and then and then it's pandemonium because like <laughs> where do i put it because now it looks ugly and now the, the whole feng shui mm-hmm. is off like it's much easier e- even if you have no shelving in the closets and it's just like you get you know something to put hangers on like you have like a little like you know clothes rack or whatever if you wind up having to put everything else on the floor and stacking it so be it uh it's just kind of how you know that's kind of the what you pay for but i would much rather have closets mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh, any other thoughts or shall we move on? Go move closets. On. Team closets. Team closets. <laughs> Stuff it in the closet. <laughs> All right. Next question. Subject. No escape from grape. Body. <laughs> if you could gradually become a fruit, which would you become? If grapes, how many? <laughs> Just I kidding. Leading questions. <laughs> Just kidding. Real question below. If you were a grape, how many friends could you comfortably have in your bunch? So also grapes before you became emotionally overwhelmed. (laughs) I enjoy the fake out. Because it's like, don't, I'm not, no, no. I won't ask you about turning into a fruit. That's a preposterous question. So, so here's my real question. You're already a fruit. <laughs> so I, I was I was texting with Charlie uh, about like the 100th episode because he was giving me some ideas as well. And he heard our response to his previous question about being fruit. And I said several grapes. It was like, And he was immediately like, I should ask you guys how many grapes you would be. 
So that's where that first part comes well, from. Well, I don't see how you could take, you know, how, how you could think of anything else yeah. when presented with the answer to that question. <laughs> of course, the follow-up is, well, how many grapes would you have? Uh, but yes. Uh, so how many grapes would you have before becoming emotionally overwhelmed? How many grape friends would you have uh, in your bunch? <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Bunch. Yeah. I like having a big group of people, but I think that like the problem is, is that with grapes, <laughs> it's, the, thing, it's, the problem is that with grapes, like, yeah, I like being around big groups of people, but I definitely have like a bit of a battery that runs out at a certain point mm-hmm. um, with, with groups of people. And if you're uh, just a bunch of grapes, uh, that's, that's a group of people that you are with at all times. Um, I will say five. Is probably okay. about as much as I can go with before I start losing it a little bit. Before it just becomes a a cacophony of noise of people like chattering. Mm-hmm. It's it, for me. It's dependent on the people themselves that are around me because I'm I'm currently in a great a great bunch of three because there's three people living in my house and it, 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 I am overwhelmed from time to time. But like if it were people that I am. I feel more comfortable being a little bit more emotionally open with, and maybe my bunch would be bigger. So I, I would probably go like three to five ish, depending on the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's three, maybe four. Mm. Uh, hmm. be f- four grapes, including my. Wait, no. It would be four additional f- grapes. Four additional grapes at most. Okay. Because I'm thinking about like my family and like I can deal with that many people. I was thinking, I was thinking, it's like as you hit three, I'm like, all right, so who's getting the axe? Yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's, 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 who's getting the cut? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So four, so you, you you know you you'd have enough room for uh for for everybody in your family if you you could have them together. Yeah, so your yeah. your nuclear great bunch. Exactly, <laughs> but that's like really pushing it. I don't know how many. I don't. I can't stand that many people for that long. <laughs> not not like I don't. Not that I don't like all of my friends and things, but it's just I I get like Matt said with the battery, it just drains very quickly, mm-hmm. and I I don't have I don't have a ton of us. Especially now. This is a hard question now when I have so little bandwidth to work with in general. Mm-hmm. And like from from on in a in an ideal world, I don't have that I'm I it, it is very draining to be in social situations. So Well think about the people that for the listeners out there, think about the people that you're closest with and even the people like if you're you're your best friends with somebody or you're you're in love with someone there are absolutely times where you grind each other's gears and you know if you're together in a great bunch that's going to happen at some point so you have to be very selective because if those people grind on uh grind against you uh from being around for too much imagine what like if you keep expanding it to like 10 yeah. 12 it's like mm-hmm. well obviously i'll have all the guys at the tailgate or something like that it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. Like, yeah. you're not a, the, the 10 dudes that you go out to the tailgate with in your great bunch. Uh, yeah, you, you got to be pretty selective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're all coming up around like three to five, uh, yeah. five in the in, in most instances. Uh, any other thoughts on the grape? Uh, how many people you'd have in your bunch of grapes? <laughs> I, no, no thoughts on the people, but Charlie did throw a pun explanation for the subject. A pun grape, explanation, okay. Grape Escape is a board game where you mutilate Play-Doh grape characters. I remember that, that game. So you don't have to tell me about Grape Escape. Yeah, uh, I actually, I, I actually don't know anything about that game. That's I've never played, but I've seen it advertised on television. It's all on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they advertised it on TV when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right mm. in in between uh, Crossfire, Crossfire, crossfire! and Mouse. <laughs> You'll get caught up in a Crossfire. Crossfire, Gak. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, yeah, skip moon it. Shoes. All, the, all the good stuff. Moon shoes, man. Hmm? Moon shoes. Oh God, moon shoes. shoes. Moon, moon shoes. Soccer boppers. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> This is how I knew my mother loved me is because she didn't buy me moon shoes. And <laughs> I was like, oh, man, moon shoes. Give me those moon shoes. Like, no. Wait, like, you, here, how about the, you know what? Here's a book. <laughs> Wait, Please. You could, uh, Jesus. You could buy moon shoes. I thought they were just prizes from Nickelodeon uh, game shows. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I, I also asked her to get me onto guts. So, I <laughs> listen, I was trying every avenue to get moon shoes that I possibly could. Show us your guts. Um, 
Yeah, shoot his guts, man. <laughs> remember, remember, uh, uh, what was the game show where where they like they had to guess the person's secret talent? Figure it out. Figure it out. Oh yeah, figure it and out. And eighty percent of them was I sang the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I I sent in an application to be the kid uh, on Figure It Out, but like. <laughs> like the guys in my school, right? like I, I sent it in because my skill was I finished third in the Pinewood Derby. <laughs> that was my <laughs> skill, and I'd have like this guy next to me who's like, "Listen, like you know, as nice as like a fifth grader could be, not fifth grader, like a like a third grader could be, was like, Matt, they're not going to let you on the show for me. <laughs> third place in the Pinewood Derby. <laughs> yeah, third place in like you know the the Troop One Hundred Five's Pinewood Derby is not is. Not quite going to get you onto this national television show. Oh God! Now, uh, if, now our... if you if you got third place while singing the national anthem. Oh yeah! If I yeah if I sang the anthem at like the Reading Phillies game, it would've been like all in, yeah. done. Kaznell's on the show. That's it. You did it. <sighs> what is our next question, Rich? Next question: What should we do with all the malls that are and have been failing? Uh, and then he throws a few suggestions. This is from John Teresich. He throws a few suggestions. Massive paintball courses, housing, just tear them down. Uh, well, so, um, yeah, so, so first of all, I mean, like the, 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 the reasonable one would be to keep the structures as they are and perhaps use them as, you know, for alternate use, like, you know, maybe it is for, uh, you know, uh, for for homeless housing or for something like that, rather than knocking it down and building it again and and doing all that, uh, finding some way to repurpose the existing structure. So that's like the the right answer. Uh, it's a but it would be pretty awesome to do a paintball course. <laughs> yeah, could you could you imagine do it like say like maybe the King of Prussia Mall because that's kind of like a square. And just running around the King of Prussia Mall with 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 paintball guns, that'd be badass. Like being on the upper balcony, shooting down at other people and stuff like that. Yeah. That, oh god, that'd be fun. That'd oh, be a man. lot of fun. The that'd King of Prussia nuts. Mall might be a difficult sell for the. I yeah. don't. I you know, listen. Everybody, you know, most most of these malls are are bleeding money at at, at this point in history. But the King of Prussia Mall's got a lot of like local novelty kind of cl- yeah. like the Mall of America, but like. You need a bigger mall that is also kind of stupid, like the Exton Mall um, <laughs> or like the Christiana Mall in Delaware or the Concord Mall. Like one of these places that's got like a, a bit of size to it, but like nobody actually cares about, um, you know, th- something like that. Like that's yeah. where, that's where you, you, you could really unload uh, in more ways than one. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple different ways you can go with it. Would you guys do anything other than uh, the couple of suggestions that John's given? Uh I, I like the the idea of like turning in it, turning them into housing of some sort. Like you said, not tearing them down, but re, re rebuilding the interior to be some sort of like housing units. But I also like the thought of tearing them down and turning them into like park space, like outdoor nature areas, mm-hmm. because like we need fucking trees and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when I, when I first heard it, my first thought was affordable housing. So that's what I would have gone with. I would save yeah. one for a paintball course and the rest will go to affordable housing. <laughs> now, all right. So now, what mall are you going to turn into a paintball course? The Franklin Mills Mall. Or wait, it's not Franklin Mills. It's uh, Philadelphia Mills. I see, is Franklin Mills Mall open? I thought they. I thought didn't they close a couple of years ago? Or am I thinking of something different? They are now a paintball course. <laughs> oh, they're, they're literally now a paintball course. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would do the Morristown Mall as a paintball course. It's hmm. a single floor, but it's like the T shape. Uh, it's got a, it's got a nice layout to be like a decent paintball course. The so the Exton Mall is the one that I'm most familiar with from growing up. Um, and it's, 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 the layout isn't super complicated. Uh, it's a big old square, uh, but it's two levels and it's got a big, it used to be like a strawberry and clothier. I think it's a Penny's or a Macy's now, uh, Macy's and it's big, big Macy's in the center of the, of the mall that connects everything. And I think that would be fun because it's a basic layout, 
but you still get the split level, you know, shooting people from the split level. If you're in the Macy's, which is going to be the big combat zone, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can go up the, up and down the escalators in the middle of the Macy's and do that. Um, there's corners, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a, a little indoor playground that you can do. Uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be a, a lot of fun to, to blast, uh, I, to I blast can, people with. I can just see you like running towards the in, in, indoor playground, jumping at and diving towards a slide and then shooting your paintball as you're sliding down it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> as bad as you can look while like being 30 years old and sliding down a slide in the middle of a, in, in a, in a mall. Uh, oh yeah. And doing it near the food courts would be like, boy, du- like jumping behind the counter of an orange Julius. <laughs> yeah. Hell and, like, yeah. And, like use, using that as cover. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so mm-hmm. cool. Man. Some sty- dystopian vibes to it. But, uh, <laughs> but I think that'd, that'd, that'd be a great theme for a, for a, like, a, a post nuclear, I mean, nowadays, maybe not the greatest thing to joke about, but like a post like nuclear Holocaust kind of themed mm-hmm. paintball course. It's got it's got some it's got some vibes to it. Yeah, I've, I could get behind yeah. that. I've always wanted to go to an indoor paintball course. I've never been able to. Yeah, neither have I. Neither have I. Nope. Um, anything other thoughts on what you turn a bunch of malls into? Nope. Nope. It's always houses. Of course. I, I, always I feel houses. like I feel like we're housing first, paintball second, and then just the park afterwards. If you get divided into thirds, do it that way. Just make the <laughs> middle section the paintball course. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what you do is you divide it in the six, and you put the two six as paintball courses on the other end, so you have to go across the housing units to finish playing paintball. <laughs> so you have to run through the affordable housing <laughs> units to play paintball? That seems a little inconsiderate, but okay. <laughs> It's <laughs> like adding insult to injury here. Like, <laughs> it's like that. So finally, I have a roof over my head. Fucking teenagers running around. Uh, what is our next question, Rich? Uh, next question. What do you think the difference between a townhouse and a condo is? I know the actual answer. <laughs> What's the actual answer? This is, this is bread ties all over again. Here we go, baby. Uh, so the actual answer is that you don't own the exterior of your condo and you do own the exterior of your townhome. So because we, we my, my wife and I have a, a condo and it's a condo because we don't own the exterior of the property. Technically, that is all community property and technically – uh, in a in a, an ideal world where the homeowners association actually does whatever the hell they're supposed to be doing, uh, they would clean the exterior and and maintain the exterior of our home. Uh, when in reality, we wind up you know doing it ourselves. But mm-hmm. but that's the, that is the the textbook definition of what the difference is. Um, as far as the functional definition, <laughs> if you have a multiple level condo, I should say, if you, you know, there's a difference between like a condo that you live in. That's in like, you know, a, a townhome style community and then like the condo that you rent when you like if you're getting like a vacation rental or something like that. There's a, that, That's more like an apartment. Yes. I, I always assumed a condo was more of like an apartment you own and a townhouse was your house. That's always what I thought the difference between the two were. That was what I, I always thought it was too. And then our homeowner association, or excuse me, our, our our homeowners insurance was like, no, 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 no. You don't you don't want to get that kind of insurance because it it, you, it costs less for condo insurance because you're not paying for the exterior of your home. Ah. So slide that in there. You know, pay for that. So, but uh, but yeah. So that's the textbook definition. But I I had the same understanding as you, Rich, which was a condo is you know a, a two two bedroom kind of kind of situation yeah i have i had i had no idea i was like a condo is flat it's like a ranch and a townhome is up and down (laughs) that's how i thought about it and i i guess that's not true at all but it's good to know i mean there's the legal that's the that's the problem is that like there's these legal definitions of it and it's like well actually technically you're in a flood zone because you're you're section three of the fha it's like just you can call things what they seem like. Mm-hmm. So I, I refer, I, I refer, we, we live in a townhome. Like we functionally, we live in a townhome. Like mm-hmm. if I told you I lived in a condo, you'd be like, you're fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is not a, a condo. Like it doesn't fit our general understanding of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a little different. That's all. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it it also <laughs> technically what it also means is that our all the driveways technically are community property. So technically, if I want to be a real jackass, I could just park in someone else's driveway and just be like, <laughs> "Well, it's community so property. You guys have to find another space." Technically, what you're telling me is, next time you can actually have people over for a party, you don't have to add that disclaimer. Hey, be courteous to the people around us and park. No, 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 no. You still have to park in the visitors' base. <laughs> you don't live here. <laughs> uh, I can go park in Giuliano's driveway across the street because you know double birds community property. Uh, <laughs> but there are visitors' base. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, the townhome condo, John? No, I think we we no, got you, it. We answered the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. we actually answered the question, which is always a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was the the bread ties is the bread twist ties question of like property questions. Exactly. Uh, what is our next question, Rich? Next question submitted. Uh, did I say the previous one was submitted by Emily Cooper? I can't remember if I did. You, you, you did now. I yeah. did now. Uh, the next question is submitted by John Tersich. Uh How do you feel every time you use a plastic disposable water bottle? How do, how do you feel? Great. I feel great. <laughs> wow. Fuck, wow. fuck Mother Nature. I'm drinking from plastic bottles all the yeah. time now. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's it's a it's a difference between whether I'm using it to drink or whether I'm using it to like strangle a live bird. Um, which I do a lot with my with my plastic water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I typically don't use plastic water bottles. Um, my my wife brings plastic water bottles into work because she is not a fan of the the water in Center City, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's I bring a water bottle in, and that's about it. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I know it's not ideal to be using it. I don't feel like a strong pang of guilt likely because i'm not like churning through a million bottles a day or anything like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how about you guys i i'm kind of in the same boat as you it's so infrequent that i get like water bottles or soda bottles or anything of of that nature that like when i do it's like all right i just i put these in recycles and it'll be recycled and it kind of sucks that i use plastic but it happened uh, I, I, I'll try to order like from the soda fountain rather than from mm-hmm. a bottle, but I, I just, I don't, I don't like hate myself when I do it, but I also don't really drink anything besides water from my water pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a period of time, uh, when I, I would bring a plastic bottle of water, I'd get, I'd get like, you know, the jumbo pack from BJ's and I'd, I'd bring it in. I bring a bottle into work every day, but I'd also refill it like six mm-hmm. times yeah. um, because I was up and down, mm-hmm. uh, not doing a lot of work and doing a lot of refilling my water bottle. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so thanks, Bank of America. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so there, there was a period where I was doing that, and it was like, well, I justified it by saying, hey, I'm, I'm using this a bunch. I'm not buying like eight bottles of water throughout the day. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel great about it. I do. I don't I don't use them that much. I at work I had a water bottle that I just refilled constantly. I don't know. I think there was like there was a time when everyone was buying a shitload of water bottles, but I think everyone's kind of gotten on on board with like just have a um like everyone's buying disposable ones, but now everyone's just like we have I have a water bottle and this is what I use, just like a refillable one. So yep. I don't, I don't think it's as big of an issue as it used to be. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm glad about that. It's just less waste. But honestly, and, and the ones with the, and the ones with filters are a little bit more accessible now. Like if you really have mm-hmm. a a thing with like, oh, I really, you know, even if it's as simple as I don't like the taste of of tap water, which we've talked about a lot on this show. Even if it's simple as that, like it, it it's you know, eight or nine bucks to get a bottle of water that has a filter in it, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously it's still more than buying plastic water bottles. But you know, it's it's basically the cost of getting two of those jumbo packs of plastic water bottles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a lot more accessible these days. The yeah. thing I, the thing I find crazy about this whole discussion is like in France, this is not a conversation to be had because it, it, there's the show down to earth with Zac Efron on Netflix. 
Um, they went to France to talk about their water system. Their vending machines vend reusable water bottles, and water is free throughout the entire, at least throughout all of Paris. I don't know if it's all of France, but at least all yeah, of Paris. Yeah, because they charge you up for that mineral water. <laughs> it, it, they didn't get you that free water because they charge you four, you know, the equivalent of four bucks for that freaking mineral water. Over well, there. no, all, like, even sparkling water is free. You pay for a empty reusable water bottle and there is are apps that you get that will take you to water sparkling water and any kind of water in that city it is free Hmm. this is like an american issue or as far as i can think this is like a plastic disposable bottles like it, it blows my mind that like paris france no water no like reusable water bottles and they only vent or no uh disposable water bottles and they only vend empty disposable reusable waters well, it's it's crazy. Hmm. I imagine there's a a trail of subsidy money that uh, <laughs> runs the, the plastic industry that might answer the question of why we don't have this in the United States. Oh, um, definitely, absolutely, but, absolutely. But we'll see what happens. Uh, any other thoughts on the plastic water thing? No, no. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not ideal. It is. It, it is not something that I would advise people to be churning through a couple of bottles a day. Um, but also, as we've mentioned, when we've answered environmental questions before, keep it in perspective. Uh, don't kill yourself because you drank a bottle of, of water, yeah. like a plastic bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we got next, Rich? All right. Next question is uh, also submitted by Emily Cooper. All right, Em. Uh, what kind of business would you own? In a former bank that includes an old-time bank vault. So you have to take an existing bank with an old-timey wind-the-steering-wheel bank vault. Yes. Uh, but not a bank. Hmm. I would make an escape room. That when, when I first saw this question, that was my first response, was an escape room. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the, the goal is to get into the vault. And you oh, have, that's like... interesting. You get... Like you're doing like a heist or whatever. Well, my my mm-hmm. mine would have been the goal was to get out of the vault because you got in there already, doing some Ocean's Eleven kind of stuff. From from that, it, I I was gonna say that, but my 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 thought was I feel like the liability of having an old timey <laughs> safe. It's like remember, like whenever you throw away an old refrigerator, you have to take off the the door. I feel like oh, yeah. you're gonna get somebody fucking stuck in that. So if you're just, if the point is to mm. open it. <laughs> <laughs> and not try to escape. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit easier. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think that might be the best application because b- banks, by and large, are boring buildings. Yeah, uh, you know that that's the point. They're banks. They're there to to you know for for comfort and everything to trade money and everything like that. Um, so I like the idea of an escape room. Is there like another thing that you could store in the safe that's not money that would be preserved well in there? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, so I don't think you could have like a business where you're like a normal retail business where just everything you're selling is in the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that idea of the escape room. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because uh, the only other thing I could think of was like a, a bar. Well, and like- they're... There is a bar, a bar restaurant themed after that. Yeah, there's a bar out in Ronnemede called Vault, and I believe it was originally like a bank, and you can mm-hmm. even sit in the vault from the bank. Yeah, I'm making a YMCA and turn the vault into a <laughs> racquetball court. <laughs> da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think that's escape room's pretty cool. It'd be cool to do a sport in there of some sort. But it also, I mean, there's no point in doing it in the vault because it defeats the, like, you know, it doesn't really make the best use of the novelty of the vault. Exactly. It's just, a, it's just another enclosed indoor location to play tennis or whatever. Yeah. 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 I'll go with escape room as well. I think, awesome. I think you do a lot with that because you could work in different areas of the bank. Like, you know, you're in a safe, you know, you'd be where the safe deposit boxes are. And, <laughs> you know, you have to like, you know, <laughs> you have to be like, oh, this key goes to this box and there's clues in this box. Yeah, and you exactly. You there. Yeah. Be stuck in the drive through room and just have to uh, send the correct uh, tubes <laughs> back to the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah. And you, you, have to, you have to make sure to ask for candy. So you get the kid, <laughs> yeah, the lollipop comes out on the other side with the box. Oh, man. 
Yep. Old school. Um, any other ideas? I don't have any. I don't know about for Vault. I really like the escape room idea. Yeah. Good call. Good call on that. Yep. What is our next question then, Rich? Next question. What kind of deodorant do you use? I use Old Spice Swagger antiperspirant deodorant. <laughs> I use Fucking, yeah. I use Old Spice Bear Glove. Ooh. So use Old Spice for a while. Uh, I recently started using Speed Stick because it was cheaper. Speed Stick, you might be you know from the Jim Gaffigan joke where he says, "There's a warning label printed on the side of Speed Stick that says warning does not work." Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I can assure you that Speed Stick does a perfectly adequate job. It's like whatever their like sport brand is. Um, I, I, I tend to like those. Those kind of like you know v- vague essence of fruit. And mm-hmm. and moisture kind of 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 uh, deodorants that that seem to be popular among like you know old spot like, the sport flavor. The thing is, if you're if you're if you use men's deodorant and I tell you it smells like sport scent, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like you, you you use like oh sport obviously sport. Uh, it's, it it's, smells like it, sports. Yeah, it's like if you distilled Gatorade into like a, a frozen gel bar and put it in your armpits. <laughs> so, do you guys use um? The powder kind, the gel kind, spray kind. Uh, uh, it's, it's no, I, I don't. I use whatever the normal deodorant stick is. Yeah, I just like use the, 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 the stick, chalky yeah. white stuff or yeah. like the clear stuff. The, the, the white stuff. The, the white stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I use that. Um, like the stuff that looks like, like, like if I handed it, like if I took a piece of it and handed it to a child, they'd eat it because it almost looks like a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> <laughs> like I use that. I use that kind. I love. I love that kind. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the chunky stuff had, seems to break off for me a lot, like the the powdery stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so none of us are spray spray deodorant people, then, huh? No, I don't. I'm too sweaty. I'm a sweat. I'm so sweaty. Yeah. Like I yeah. can't. It doesn't work. I think there's a period of time, like between the ages of like 16 and 22, where that's the sweet spot for using like Axe body spray. Mm-hmm. And then once once you get over that, you're like, okay, this isn't practical anymore. Like because it's 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 a combination of acts is cool because the ads is like, Oh dude, so many women are going to love you for your fucking body spray. Um, even though the, 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 the ax actually only comes in one scent uh, and it's douchebag. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's like a combination of, Oh, it's got that, that manly essence is going to make you a big hit with the ladies. And also you just smell terrible all the time, but you just want to gloss over it. So you're just like, your whole body is like, eh, Shower's done. Axe was what I used when I worked at McDonald's after working a shift for night and having to go for the morning mm-hmm. and wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Throw some Axe on without a shower and just going to work. Yeah. It's just like papering over it and just being like, this is going to have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like using uh, it's like using mouthwash instead of brushing your teeth. Like yeah. just like, yep. or, or like chewing gum instead of brushing your teeth. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes yep. you just got to make it work. Uh, deodorant thoughts, or shall we move on? Uh, we we can move on. I, don't I, smell, I smell so good all the time. So just I, me too. I smell so good all the time when I remember to actually put on deodorant. <laughs> it is. It, it's a bit of a challenge now because normally it's like a routine for me. Like I have to have it as part of my routine, or I'll forget now because it's been five months since I've been anywhere where anybody <laughs> gave a shit about what I smelled like. Well, like for, for me, I. Pre quarantine, I showered strictly at least once a day, mm-hmm. uh, and I like I wouldn't I wouldn't like smell, and so like deodorant was like an a, tended to be an afterthought. Like if I went for a walk, I would put it on or something like that. Like I would always keep backup sticks in my car at my desk at work in case like I mm-hmm. started to sweat. But like now that because of quarantine, I really only shower like four times a week instead of every day because I'm not going anywhere. Like the days between showers, I'll, I'll like pick up my arm. Like oh, I need to remember to put on deodorant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very serious challenge at the beginning of quarantine. It was easier for me. So for years, it was easy for me to remember to take a shower pretty much every day because I had very long hair 
and my hair if if I didn't wash my hair every single day it got like super gross and and greasy and everything mm-hmm. so I'd have to you know have to have to shower at least you know put it under water um but also in the middle of quarantine I decided to cut uh, to shave my head so mm-hmm. uh so then it was like well I don't have any hair to wash so I would just it, it, that, my normal warning to be like oh yeah you need to shower dumbass <laughs> uh, wasn't wasn't there anymore so my reminder would be like after three days when I get into bed, my wife would go, Jesus Christ. You <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean? How could I possibly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing with the water and the spigot and the in the. Yeah. So I forgot and- to do that for four days. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. there. There were times before I got back to work that, yeah, like right, it's been a week. Maybe I should get a shower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a reminder. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I if I run, I'll I'll do it then. But if there's a day that I don't run, and now that I have short hair, there's like a ninety five percent chance I'm going to bed without a shower that night. So mm-hmm. it goes. That's the way it goes, man. That's how it. That's how it happens. We're not going anywhere. What, what are you going to do? Impress. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, what do we got next, Rich? So it's the final question. Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I thought there were more questions because I had an email saying more questions, but that was from last session. That's from last time, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the final question. It is a throwback question. Oh, what was the last text you sent, and to whom did you send it? And oh boy, my my final text. Uh, between recording the previous session and this session, we all found out that Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah, so we're recording uh, this on August 28th, and within the last hour, uh, yeah, we, we found out the, the news that yeah. – and that's still Rich Richest Thunder, but we, but we found that out within the last hour, just to yeah. get a timestamp. So so my uh, – I was texting my coworker. He had texted me that uh, about him passing, and uh, he had texted me that his son, when he found out, just went right to his room. His son's like a teenage – but just went right to his room and was upset. So my last text was, poor kid. Because mm-hmm. it's it's depressing news. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And incidentally, my, my last text was to my wife. And it was just a link to uh, an article about Chadwick Boseman passing away. And I just said, also, WTF. Because we were talking about something else. Um, and I said, also, what the fuck? Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a link to that story. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 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 So absolutely brutal. Um, Sean, did you also send a text about Chadwick Boseman? I did not or? send a che- text about Chadwick Boseman. My last text was to Mary saying, thanks, smiley face, because we had uh, she the email that she sent with the questions from the last episode had gotten cut off. Mm-hmm. And so I was just responding to that. But I did go yes. downstairs and tell her about Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is mind blowing. It is. Like. At this he, point, when you're hearing this, has been three weeks, but for us, it's still like fresh in our heads. Yeah, he 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 was in three superhero movies while undergoing treatment for ca- colon cancer, stage three and four colon cancer. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's insane. And he his his, his range was incredible because like he was yeah. he. He played, you know, prominent historical figures. He played uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, he, he was obviously in the Marvel movies. You know, his his range is is all over the place. And forty three years old. Yeah, forty freaking three years old. Yep. I, I I had posted this on Facebook, but one of the scenes in uh, Avengers Endgame that gets me so much is at, after they they undo the snap and. All the past Avengers are back and coming out of the portals. And you have Black Panther standing there yelling, Ye Bombay, their war chant. Mm -hmm. I just tear up so much every time I see that. And now knowing that that is his last, basically his last main scene in that role. And what a great actor he was. It's going to... I'm going to just cry, just straight up cry every time I watch that scene. I tear up now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like Black Panther was a genuine like cultural milestone. Like, oh, it is a is a turning point uh for for a lot of reasons, uh not the least of which is that it's a phenomenal movie. Uh and he was a, he did a phenomenal job in it. Uh and it's just brutal. It's brutal, man. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was brutal news. Um 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's those are the last texts that we sent. They're really sad, uh, except for Sean's, <laughs> which was which was transactional. Yeah. Which was thank you, <laughs> thanks. Sorry, and then sorry a smile to, face. Sorry to end it on a sad note, but that yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you know it's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the way it's. It it really is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not to to make light of it, but I mean it's just, God damn it! And it, it like. Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman in the same year. Yeah, like and it's absolutely and crazy. Like the, the 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 better part, not better. I, I'm trying to find a way to say this, but like when we found out that Kobe Bryant passed away, we were mid recording as well. Maybe we but should we stop recording get this it. podcast because prominent black men just keep dying while we're recording it, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, it's brutal. We didn't get a chance to like express live how we felt, and we mm. ended up recording something uh, posthumously. I guess is is that the term? Yeah, it was, it, we if, recorded like, a couple days later. We recorded it after the fact. At least this time, we get to like express like now how, how we felt, how we feel about it. Uh, yeah, it, it's just yeah, it, it sucks so much. Yeah. It's yeah. That's that's all. That's all you can say. You know, all the best wishes to to him and to, to his family, and and mm-hmm. hoping that he that he he rests peacefully. Uh, he'll, he'll, he has you know several pieces of work. I think I think one of the things you think about is like how people remember you when you when you pass on, and and certainly he's gonna have a lot of of huge cultural pieces of art uh, that people are gonna be able to remember his remember him by. I- I like you, you had mentioned before we were recording uh he was uh Jackie Robinson in uh 42. Yes, I've never was. I've never seen that movie and I I I, I want to watch it now. Mm-hmm. I like I kind of always wanted to watch it but never actually got a chance or gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. And now more so than before I'm just, it's just something I want to see. Yeah. Um all right, that was the last question, correct, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was the correct. final question. All right. Uh does anyone have a final take? Uh, I gave one the first episode. Matt gave one the second. So, Sean? I don't have a take this week. I just want everyone to be safe and healthy, guys. That's good. Th- that's that's nice. a that's perfect nice, take. That's good, because I have another take. Oh, Hell yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very, very, nice, uh, uh, very nice sentiment, Sean. Uh, so <laughs> Now, Fuck everyone no. who likes now, tea and not coffee. Now, <laughs> now for Kaz's corner. No. So, so as as mentioned, uh, as mentioned a couple of times uh, earlier, this uh, we, we mentioned in the first episode that we did this session um, in response to the um, the uh, the shooting of, of Jacob uh, Jacob Blake in in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, the NBA had a couple of demonstrations this week. This, uh, you know, they, they've several several teams, every team on Wednesday and Thursday uh, basically uh, stepped away from their games in a sort of like wildcat strike. Uh, basically said, we're not going to play. We want to bring attention to these matters. You know, this is our basically our form of protest. Um, and so even the teams that weren't playing were, were leaking out uh, statements saying, you know, hey, Black Lives Matter. You know, we want to reiterate some of the, the, the points that we've, you know, we already discussed during the George Floyd thing. Um, so teams were releasing those statements. So what do the Philadelphia 76ers do? Well, several hours before they release even a token statement on their uh, on their social media platform, this story leaks to the Inquirer from sources within the Sixers. The Sixers are targeting Penn's Landing for a potential new basketball arena. Now, you fucking vampiric motherfuckers. <laughs> you, first of all, the Wells Fargo Center is 25 years old. It is Still a relatively new building that is shared by the Flyers and the Sixers. The the the, the stadium the stadium funding thing with taxpayers drives me absolutely batshit insane. The Wells Fargo Center is a perfectly acceptable, perfectly good arena that has been that has had a bunch of money put into it for renovations multiple times, including as recently as like two seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, for both the Flyers and the Sixers. But the Sixers don't own the arena. The arena is owned by Comcast and they lease the arena. Uh, the, the, in fact, I believe the Flyers actually technically are the, the quote unquote owners of the arena uh, if you're going just by team. But Comcast is the owner of that arena because they, they own Xfinity. They own fucking everything. It's Philadelphia. But the Sixers want to own their arena. And the reason that people like Josh Harris, 
huge Trump supporter, uh, buy teams like the Sixers is to crank up their value and then buy an arena and then sell the team off as soon as they can. And the value of the team is primarily driven by having a new arena. So they want to build another fucking arena in Philadelphia, which has no room anyway. There's no room (laughs) for anything in Philadelphia. It's the same problem that Temple had when Temple wanted to build a football stadium uh, in the middle of Center City, where the only place to put it is to knock down a bunch of low-income housing. Uh, when you uh, just pay the link, the link is already there. You've been playing at the link for years. I'm sorry that the link rent is high, but th- th- you can't knock down a whole bunch of houses. Same thing with with Philadelphia. You're going to take away scenic waterfront uh, because you want to build your new arena. You're, what are you going to do? You're going to move the team? Like you can threaten to move the team as much as you want. Stop gouging the taxpayers. It's always a scam. They always. It, Every time a new arena is built, a new stadium, a new whatever, a new multiplex, look at the details, look at the kickbacks, look at the funding that is given to these teams for the right to build their arenas there. And in almost all situations, they get they get the money, they get the breaks from the government. The government allows them to build these arenas there by by funding a ton of the project. You know, hey, and and the 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 logic at all times is. Well, think about all the revenue we're going to bring into the city. Think about how, uh, you know, it's going to boost the economy. It's good for the economy. It's good for all the local businesses and everything like that. There is absolutely zero evidence that having a sports arena or a new sports arena boosts the economy in any meaningful way is is not is absolutely empirically unproven. It happens every time that there's an Olympics. It happens every time that there's a World Cup. And it happens every time that a team tries to gouge a city and ultimately the taxpayers to build their arena that they own, that they own, but they mostly are mostly funded by us. And by the way, like much like a lot of things that are funded by taxpayers, we get to pay for it twice because it's not like as to taxpayers of the city of Philadelphia, I pay the taxes for it and therefore I get to go in for free. I still have the privilege of buying a $70 ticket for a row 15 nosebleed seat in your fucking you know, mausoleum of an arena. And, and I want to emphasize this. I, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I need to emphasize this. There is no – I've been to a couple of different basketball arenas. Uh, I've, I've been to the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, uh, most recently, I've been to uh, the – I went to the uh, the Smoothie King Center. Uh, Smoothie King, big enough for an arena uh, in uh, in, the, in New Orleans where the Pelicans play. My wife and I went there a couple of years ago for, for another Sixers game. Um, and I've been to the Consul Energy Center in Pittsburgh, uh, which is at this point now eight years old, but at the time was was brand new uh, for a college basketball game. And they're very nice. They're they're really cool looking, sleek looking. And there is a modicum of difference between them and the Wells Fargo Center today. There's a modicum of difference. It is so slightly different and it is certainly not worth the millions of millions and millions of dollars that are poured into building a new structure, the waste, the destruction, the the construction that has to go on. It's just an absolute waste to to for the Sixers to leave an arena that is less than tw- the less than 30 years old that is perfectly usable that's been renovated a million times just cuz they don't want to share it with the fucking flyers. It's absolute trash. Josh Harris, you're, you're, the, the whole organization has been an embarrassment. It, the, the idea that you're going to try and pull this months after you tried to cut salaries for everybody in your organization because of the pandemic, and the only reason they didn't is because Joel Embiid called them out on it and said that he was going to cover the cost if the owners didn't. It, it, everything about this organization is an embarrassment um, from ownership on from ownership down through the rest of the front office. Sell the goddamn team, Josh Harris. Send the sell the goddamn team, uh, Dave Blitzer. Get the hell out of the, get the hell out of the city and sell it to somebody who's actually going to do something worthwhile with the team and get away from Penn's Landing. That place is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that that that's that that blows my mind. That like you want to you want to put a basketball stadium on Penn's Landing. Where the fuck are you going to put it on Penn's Landing? You're have to well, they're going to get rid down. of Festival Pier. They're they're going to mow down Festival Pier or something like that. They, There's going to be a whole bunch of shit that happens if they try to pull this. Like, that's just. That's in, like, all right. Maybe uh, the Independence Seaport Museum because, like, who goes there? Uh, I, I, I'm, I have it's Googled. A, it's such an idyllic location. Like, yeah, like it's so beautiful to just drive by there and see there. Spruce Street Harbor Park is an amazing place to go to. Mm-hmm. And and now you're just gonna put a stadium there. 
Like, well, and, and even aesthetically, like if you were going to put a if the Phillies were going to put a ballpark there, I'd still be against it. But aesthetically, I could see it because like, listen, with a ballpark, you have the, the open air. You can you know, you could set it up so that the skyline is showing you the pier. You have the waterfront right mm-hmm. there uh, and you can see it out of like left field or what have you. You're all you're building is a gigantic freaking dome. You, you can't, there's no aesthetic pleasure from sitting in the middle of an arena at festival pier versus sitting in the middle of an arena in the parking lot at the Wells Fargo complex. Like you're right. It doesn't mean anything. And, and, and I just, I want to get into one other point. What about parking? Parking along Penn's landing is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. They're That's the thing. It's, it's, it's all, it's 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 a massive undertaking that's going to require them knocking down a lot of existing structures. It's just, it's just wasteful. It's going to knock down it existing is. structures so that they can they can add parking. It's going to add you know sixty. Who doesn't love uh, taking a a beautiful, mostly natural you know scenic location in the city and turning it into more parking, 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 oh, parking, 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 parking. Who doesn't uh. love? It's it's the freaking. Hackney Joni Mitchell line paid paradise put in the parking lot. Uh, it's just ugh, God, and it's just it's so much money. It does it. It never pays for itself. No. Stadiums for the last thirty years have never paid for themselves. It just does not happen. Mm-hmm. And, and teams, as soon as they build a new arena, the the next thing on their agenda in those front offices is how to Jones for another arena. Like that yeah. is it's mm-hmm. all it is. It's 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 maddening, man. It's, it's nonsense. Maddening. Yeah, it's 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 a maddening. It's a suck on the city and it's it's unfair to taxpayers who, again, uh, I love sports um, I, and and I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of it, of my tax money going there. I can only imagine how people who have to pay their whose tax dollars are going towards this project who don't give a shit about the Sixers uh, have to feel about mm-hmm. that. So and it's anywho. like like, like and, and and they're building office buildings around the sports complexes. Why didn't they just build the dome? Why didn't they just sell and build the dome there instead of this office building that cuts off your view of the city mm-hmm. from uh, Citizens Bank Park? This organization, since day one, this ownership group has been angling for leverage in order to build this arena. They put a practice complex in Camden, um, and the practice complex is gorgeous, um, but they and it's it's led to some some jobs and some businesses in that complex. Um, but the whole point was, Hey, look, we can do this in Camden. We can just build the arena in Camden, have it be the Camden Sixers and Camden. will get all the, the, the marketing place, everything like that. Like the, all they have been doing since day one, since they bought this team is build up the value and try to create leverage so that we can gouge Philadelphia for a new arena, a, a city that already has its own problems with like funding schools, yeah. Uh, like, like all we can do to gouge the city for for money to build our new like mausoleum of sports. Give me a fucking break. These guys are trash. Yeah. And is not in any way fueled by the fact that the Sixers got swept in the first round of the playoffs. That has nothing to do with my <laughs> anger about this. But also the fact that they got swept in the playoffs and now yeah. they want to do this that, arena. It's that everything help. about it. It's everything yeah. about it. It's everything about it. It's, it's putting this release out after they got swept. It's putting this release out during the, the Jacob Blake uh, protests. It's putting this – this it's oh, – God, these people. Anyway, uh, other than that, I have no thoughts. Uh, anyone uh, – <laughs> Anyone no else man, that's, you're 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 dead right. I yeah, think absolutely. Like, I think it's it's this is something in terms of taxes. This is something that you and I agree on. I think this mm-hmm. is a, a waste. It is helping it right nobody, down the tubes, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just listen. There are so many things that tax money should go towards, and like you said, Philadelphia public schools chronically underfunded. Do you really? Do we really need another another arena? No. No, no, not at all. It's bullshit. Okay, but you're right. No. I agree with you 100. percent There's nothing to add because you were you were completely <laughs> correct. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Um. So if you want to see any more of my my uh, vacillating between uh, sports and politics uh, takes on Twitter, uh, you can find me on Twitter at mkaznel. That's m k a s z n e l. Rich, where are you on Twitter? At b underscore walnuts. How about you, Sean? At hey, it's s o b. 
And our our fourth bro, Tim Hansen, uh, we wish him well. We we can't wait to see him uh, during next week's episode, hopefully. Um, but you can follow him on Twitter at Tim R. Hansen. Uh, the podcast Twitter handle is brose underscore podcast. Um, and our Facebook page is at brose podcast. Um, and you can subscribe to our show in several ways. Uh, so many ways, guys. Like t- t- Honestly, I'm just I'm I'm dumbfounded day by day by how many ways you can listen to the Brose podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and anywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Um, and if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Huge thanks, as always, again and again, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Shannon Vogel for designing our world-famous logo. Uh, her work can be found on, at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Stephen Seabert, and his work is available at the free music archive uh sean you have uh, something special you wanted to plug as well correct i do mary has been uh raising funds for triana a woman who's uh who because of covid uh lost income and was at risk of homelessness uh so her her partner and their baby boy um uh lost my train of thought but they lost their house mm-hmm. Uh, the Black, the Coalition for Black Trans Financial Liberation was able to help them find an apartment in a safe area with enough space for them to raise their son. Um, and ideally, as this, as when this episode comes out, they will have raised enough money for first and last month's rent and a deposit. However, they still uh, need some, uh, because they were displaced, they have no household items or baby clothes. Uh, so you can, you can donate those items um by clicking on the link that will be in the description of this episode excellent man excellent um rich what's going on with podquest uh check out podquest a nerdy round table where we talk about uh this week's nerd news and stuff uh i i really don't know what to plug uh because not a lot of news is going on right now so i'm gonna roll the dice again again and say uh maybe uh maybe price announcements for playstation 5 and xbox probably not but maybe <laughs> i host the keystone coast to coast sports podcast uh with my buddy eddie provident um where at some point i will probably be screaming about the sixers arena again uh but we we uh talk about sports with a focus on pennsylvania uh pittsburgh and philadelphia uh and uh put that out periodically so uh we'll get a new episode out to you soon uh we did it guys we some said it couldn't it. be done without Tim Hansen. Some say it shouldn't be done. To, to, <laughs> some said it shouldn't. Yeah, some <laughs> said it shouldn't be. Please don't do this without Tim. Uh, he, he's the anchor for this show, but uh, but we managed to make it. Uh, can't wait to have Tim back. But for the for the time being, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Goodbye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. Moves. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you to sell the team, Josh Harris, and to be smart about being stupid. Yay!